It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipittv. You're listening to BGN Radio. Brady, back one more time. He goes and fires, and it is intercepted. Intercepted, running with it is Jenkins. Up the near sideline, cuts back at the 40, at the 40, at the 50. Malcolm Jenkins is going 99 yards for a touchdown! Very easily. Has to be one of the hardest podcasts. I think it has to be the hardest podcast I've ever done about Philadelphia Eagles, who, with a very heavy heart, I have to say, lost their starting quarterback, Carson Wentz, for the 2017 season. Carson Wentz is out for the year. Doug Peterson officially confirmed it on Monday during his press conference. It's a very sad time. It's a very tough time. Um, this isn't going to be... <laughs> this is not going to be a fun podcast. Um, I'm sure you've already listened to the recap show. John and James did a great job with that. Um, John was basically having me crying with the way he was getting all emotional. This podcast today, I tried to structure it into three different parts, three main parts. So there's the first part where I just need to vent. You're going to have to bear with me through that. If you don't want to listen to it, too bad. And if that's not good enough for you, you can fast forward through it. But don't do that. Second part is about looking what the Eagles can do moving forward, kind of. And maybe being a little more optimistic. I don't know. I don't know if I have that in me. But we'll see when we get there. And the third part, as always, is our three over and under segment, courtesy of Stephen Lee. So we'll get to that at the end, kind of look ahead to next week's game. So those are the three parts. I want to give you the warning beforehand because it's just tough, man. The Eagles, they're 11-2. and two. That would have been such an awesome win over the Rams if that injury doesn't happen. I can't stop thinking about that. Just the way that game ends, Brandon Graham stealing that lateral, running into the end zone. Everyone's just so happy. If the Eagles win that game and Carson Wentz doesn't get hurt, I just can't help but think how 
the conversation would be different and how it would be different for me talking to you right now, uh, talking about this team, 11-2, and two, and just on such on a good pace to potentially win it all. And now Carson Wentz is done for the year. The Eagles have lost their best player, or at least one of them. They lost their MVP candidate, and it's tough. I mean, people keep I keep seeing people say, and I'm sure you're saying it here in the comments as I see it on Facebook Live where this is recorded, or as always, Afternoon QB with BLG on Facebook.com slash Bleeding Green Nation on Monday around 4 o'clock. But I can't, I can't do that right now. I'm not ready to do that. If you're ready to do that, good for you. You deserve more credit than I do. But I can't do that right now. I can't be like the Eagles are going to be okay because they're not going to be as okay. We can't. You can't just dismiss the importance of Carson Wentz. You can't just be like, "Oh, next man up." It's not. It doesn't work like that. Carson is the heart and soul of this team. The way the offense operates is largely in part due, or at least is definitely aided by the way he's able to be so creative and extend plays and make awesome throws with his arm like he did to Trey Burton and even Brent Selleck and some of those passes he had before he got hurt against the Rams. So you can't just be like, oh, they're going to be fine, and they still have talent around them. You can't. It's not that simple. They do have some things going for them, but it's just not that simple. Totally. And I'm... Just some of the ridiculous things I've already seen. There's that article from PFF. I've seen it just elsewhere. People being like, you know, Nick Foles, the drop-off to Nick Foles isn't even going to be that big. Come on. Give me a break. Give me a break. I've never been the biggest Nick Foles guy at all. I don't enjoy watching Nick Foles. Just from an aesthetic standpoint, it's just not fun to watch. Because what does he even do well? You can't even tell me what Nick Foles does well. He does some things fine, which makes him a fine backup quarterback to have. I'm not saying he's the worst thing ever, but he's not good. And if he was good, he wouldn't be a backup quarterback. He'd be starting somewhere. And I don't want to hear otherwise. So the fact that Nick Foles is here now and he's the guy, can the Eagles win some games with him? Yeah, they can. Because their remaining schedule isn't all that different. Or sorry, isn't all that isn't all that difficult? I should say, they have the Giants this week. They have the Raiders next week. They have the Cowboys game, which might be meaningless if the Eagles um, clinch the number one seed by then, which is very possible. I think the Eagles can beat some bad teams with Nick Foles. I don't think they'll be a total disaster, but it's just not the same. It's not the same at all with Carson Wentz gone. It's going to take a lot of players to step up to make this thing somehow manageable, but I'm not ready. I'm just not ready to be there yet. You know, it's still Monday. It's we're not even 24 hours removed from the injury. I'm still really just bummed out from what happened. I mean, the thing about Carson Wentz's injury is that it's not as simple as being like, "Oh, you know, he'll be back next year and the Eagles have this bright future ahead of them. That might be true. I mean, that could be true. That's not impossible. But this is also a special year. You don't go 11-2 and every year. The Eagles haven't gone 11-2 and 
since 2004 when they went to the Super Bowl. And before that, two th- or 1980 when they also went to the Super Bowl. Now, they lost both of those Super Bowls, but you get my point. This is a special kind of year. Just the way that this team has things going for them in the sense that you have this great coaching staff. And when you win games and you're successful year over year, or sometimes even one year, you can't retain all those guys. John D. Filippo's, uh the quarterback coach, his contract is up after this season. He could be gone. You could be losing Jim Schwartz. You could be losing you know, some of these key people, and not just the coaches, but the players too. And Trey Burton, who Trey Burton did awesome in relief of Zach Ertz. A lot of credit to Trey Burton. He's going to be a free agent. So you're going to lose some of these guys. It's not as simple as like, we'll pick things up next year and everything will be fine. We don't know that. I mean, Carson Wentz's recovery might not be, we don't know how long that's going to take. It could last into training camp next year and kind of, is he going to be ready for the season? Maybe, but maybe he gets off to a slow start. Being able to, not being able to work on his game maybe in the offseason because he's rehabbing instead. I mean, that could affect things. So it's not like this short-term issue either. It's a long-term thing, and it's really depressing. Um, I don't even know where I was. Okay, Foles. So Nick Foles. Back to Nick Foles. Again, you're going to have to bear with me today. I'm, I'm more even more disoriented than usual trying to gather the thoughts I have and express them in, in some kind of fashion that makes sense, but still probably doesn't. Um, I just can't do the Nick Foles thing, man. Like, I can't, I can't, it's not enjoyable. It's not realistic in terms of what people say about him. Like it, It's so detached from reality to me, some of the support that Nick Foles gets. I, I get that, yes, Eagles fans, you want to rally around him now. He's the starting quarterback. I don't, that's fine. But some of the things that get said about him are just ridiculous to me. Like, he's not that good of a player. And people will be like, oh, well, he probably, you know, no, he is good because 27-2 and and Pro Bowl MVP and he left the field with the lead. It's just the dumbest things. Like, I have to get into this Nick Foles thing a little more. If you look back at his success... In 2013, he came into the he he came into an offense that the NFL wasn't ready for with Chip Kelly. Everyone was having career years that year. The NFL didn't know what Chip Kelly was going to do, or if they did, they couldn't stop it. It was one really fluky year. The next year in 2014, Nick Foles doesn't even all play all that well. But the Eagles are winning, so people kind of dismiss that and point to his win-loss record, ignoring the fact that the team is scoring at an historical rate on special teams and defense. So it's not even like he's the one causing their whatever success they did have in 2014. I mean, this guy has been in a very fortunate situation throughout his career. You might look at some of the stats and look at the win-loss and all of that. And he's only 20 and 16, by the way. It's not even like it's that great. I just, it's not inspiring to me. I'm not very inspired by it. And I'm not going to be inspired by it. And again, it's like people might try to shove this back into my face if he plays well down the stretch here. I'm not going to be surprised if he puts up some decent numbers down the stretch here. Because again, he's facing some bad teams. 
I think the Eagles can do some things to help Nick Foles. I don't think he'll be a total disaster, although if he is, that does that will not surprise me. But it's just, you know, you look, here's how I look at it. Getting to the Super Bowl or even winning the Super Bowl with Carson Wentz, that wasn't a guarantee. Like, even if he was healthy, there was no guarantee the Eagles were going to make it. You felt good about their chances, sure, but that wasn't a guarantee. You lose Carson Wentz, who was a big reason for this team's success, the things he was doing this season, it just makes it that less likely that you can even get there. And again, it's just it feels like one big wasted opportunity for this team. Um, it's just bad luck, man. I mean, that's what it comes down to. This team has had a lot of key injuries. They've been able to bounce back. I'm sure this team isn't going to fold. I'm confident this team will not fold entirely. I don't think it's all doom and gloom in that sense. That like, oh, the Eagles are never going to even, they can't even win a game at this point. No, that's not where I'm at. But this year isn't about getting the one seed. It, like That doesn't mean anything if you lose in the first round in the playoffs. The Cowboys did that last year. They got the one seed. They lost to Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. What's that doing for them this year? Nothing. They might not even make the playoffs this year. If the Eagles just get the one seed, that's not a, like that's not a quality thing. It's just like that's not like oh they overachieved and they're the one seed and that's great and now we have that moving forward. No, as I explained earlier, you don't. These opportunities don't come every year. And the hope is with Carson Wentz, the Eagles will have a big window. At the same time, he's on his rookie deal now, and that's significant because he's not getting paid a ton of money, which he will get paid in the future and deserves. So that kind of limits the Eagles' window in the future. And there's a window now, and the Eagles aren't able to capitalize it, capitalize on it due to some really bad luck. And it sucks, man. It sucks that the Eagles are going to be without Carson Wentz for the season. And that Nick Foles is the guy now. And that's where we're at. So, um, and by the way, I wanted to touch on the backup quarterback situation. That's one thing I did want to mention. Are the Eagles going to sign a quarterback? No, I don't think so. I mean, if they do, it'll probably be someone like Matt McGloin, which would be infuriating because Matt McGloin is freaking awful. It's not likely he would see the field anyway. But I do think the Eagles, they like Nick Foles. They do like Nick Foles. They do. Because Doug Peterson was the Eagles quarterback coach when the Eagles drafted Nick Foles. And the Eagles re-signed Nick Foles this offseason for a reason. So they like him. He's going to be the starter. And that's fine. I don't. Nick Foles should be the starter at this point for this team. I'm not arguing with that. I'm not excited about it. But he should be. You know, it's week 15 at this point. He's been in the offense. You're not going to bring in some guy off the street and expect him to be the, to start or do anything like that. The thing with Nick Foles is he has a propensity to get hurt as well. We've seen him be injury prone. So it's not totally significant or not totally insignificant to be talking about the backup quarterback position. The Eagles, it sounds like they like Nate Sudfeld a lot, who they signed away after the Washington Redskins cut him this offseason Sudfeld was on their practice squad. They bumped him up to the, the main roster when the Colts wanted to try to sign him, I think, to their roster. So that's what you're dealing with at this point if Foles goes down. You're dealing with Nate Sudfeld, who was, I believe, a six-round pick 
in the same year that Carson Wentz got drafted. I think the Eagles liked him a lot too. So I don't I don't expect Tony Romo to be coming in here. They're not going to sign Colin Kaepernick. Ian Rappaport basically already said that this afternoon. So not going to happen. That's the reality. Where Nick Foles and Nate Sudfeld right now and the Eagles have to somehow find a way to win knowing that reality. So I think that's a good transition point for me here to, to move off of being so negative. I'm sure a lot of you are already either mentioning me on Twitter upon hearing this on the replay or live on Facebook.com slash Bleeding Green Nation. Or you're ripping me in the comments here in Facebook Live. But I had to get it out. I had to. No good in holding it in, right? So I got the venting mostly out of the way. And now it's about looking to the future. Where does this team go from here? What can they do now? And it's not going to be easy. I mean, off the bat, like I said, you can't dismiss the impact that Carson Wentz was having on this team. There's a reason he's the MVP. It's not just like, oh, yeah, he's a good player. Like, no, he was a very good player. He's arguably one of the best players in the NFL or one of the most impactful players in the NFL. So how does the how do the Eagles replace him? Okay. Before I get to that, I do want to mention that, again, I don't think this season is over. The Eagles, I mean, it's literally not over. They have three games to play in the regular season and then one playoff game. And all the Eagles need is two wins to actually clinch the one seed. They only need one win to clinch a top two seed. So that's probably going to happen. And it's probably going to happen this week, at least for that top two seed, because the Giants are awful. I mean, if you watch that game yesterday where they lost to the Cowboys, and if you've been watching them all season, they're just terrible. They're a bad team, and they're not even a bad team that like looks super competitive. They're just bad. They're terrible. So the Giants are horrible, and I think the Eagles are going to have a real opportunity to also beat the Raiders on Christmas, which would be pretty cool. It would be really cool if the Eagles beat the Raiders and clinch the one seed on Christmas. That's what I was thinking was going to happen all along. Uh, that was the, the, the kind of perfect scenario because um, – the Vikings lost on Sunday to the Panthers, so now the Eagles have the opportunity to clinch the one seed. So that's a positive thing. I think that is likely to happen. I think the Eagles win at least two out of their final three games. So that, again, positive thing. Now, how do the Eagles win these games, though? Like, what's the what's going on here? The, this is going to be the real test for Doug Peterson. And I think Doug Peterson has done a great job this season. I love some of the fourth down calls in that Rams game, especially the one to go for the touchdown, which ended up being Carson Wentz's final throw to Alshon Jeffrey. It was a great catch by Alshon. The fingertip catch plays like that help you win the game, being aggressive. So we've already seen th good things from Doug Peterson, but now is the real test. How is he going to be able to scheme around not having Carson Wentz and having Nick Foles in there instead? Because let's be honest, again, this isn't a one-for-one -one replacement. It's not like you put Big V in for Jason Peters and expect him. I mean, he has to pass block and run block like he usually would. You might give him some help, but to some extent, he's just there and he has to do his job. Not the same thing 
when you're replacing a quarterback. I mean, you're changing the scope of the offense entirely. At least I think the Eagles should be at this point. They can't just rely on Nick Foles' arm to carry them to victories. That is not realistic to me. You look at what the Jacksonville Jaguars are doing. And now I think Nick Foles at his best is certainly better than Blake Bortles is for the most part. But it's going to have to be that kind of thing. The Eagles are going to need to change their identity of this team. It can't be this team that relies on the quarterback as much. It can't. The Eagles have running backs here. They have a good run-blocking offensive line. Jay Ajayi is averaging 6.9 yards per carry. He's been super productive. He looked great against the Rams. LeGarrette Blunt has had some good games. Didn't look good against the Rams, but he's capable of doing some things as we've seen this season. Corey Clement, also a really nice piece here. And then even Kenyon Barner has made a play here and there. So the Eagles have these running backs. It's time to see Doug Peterson unleash them. He needs to go to a run-heavy offense and really take advantage of this thing. Control the clock. Make it so that you know, you're facing a tough team and you might have to put up a lot of points in a usual situation. Try to control the clock and run the ball and make it so that you're not asking Nick Foles to do a lot. Because if that's the case, if Nick Foles is not throwing the ball too much and they're relying on that run, and then the times where Nick Foles is throwing the ball, he's able to work with play action and kind of have some things going for him in that sense and, and make things easy on Nick Foles, then I'm a, I'm a lot more okay with Nick Foles if it's at that point where Doug Peterson is making things simple for him by not asking him to do a lot and running the ball and not turning the ball over, just playing keep away. That's the kind of thing I want to see from this team moving forward. I do not want to see games where Nick Foles is throwing the ball 35, even 30 times a game. I mean, that just, that, that just can't happen. It cannot happen with this uh, team going forward. That cannot be their formula to victory. They need to run the ball. And this defense has to step up. I have to give credit to the Eagles defense for coming up with clutch plays at the end of that Eagles-Rams game. Brandon Graham obviously having the touchdown and uh, Rodney McLeod making a stop late in the game. Rodney McLeod also picking up that fumble, which was forced by Chris Long on the strip sack of Jared Goff. This defense stepped up when it counted. I can't, you know, that's, they did their part in that sense. But overall, and I know the Rams have a good offense, so it's not like I entirely expected the Eagles to shut Los Angeles down, but that tackling on that one drive, that one Rams drive where the Eagles had the Rams, I believe, in third down, and Jared Goff hits Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup just runs like 40 yards down the field thanks to a whiff, total whiff from Malcolm Jenkins. That can't happen from this team. That's sloppy. That is totally, uh, that's unacceptable at this point. Where this team is, Carson Wentz isn't there to make up for your mistakes now defense and Jim Schwartz you guys need to bring it like you guys need to step up and be a dominant defense you the tools are there for a really good defense this pass rush is great the linebacker play with Nigel Bradham hasn't been it's been good for the most part the secondary has been up and down at times but I mean Ronald Darby can make some plays Jalen Mills was did not have his best he hasn't played awesome hasn't been having his best games recently but we've seen him do some things i mean these guys need to play to their best of their ability 
they need to rally around Nick Foles. They need to really they need to rally around the idea of Carson Wentz being out and that Carson Wentz put everything on the line for this team. You saw it in the Carolina game, as I always like to mention, when he's fearlessly trying to run through a defender into the end zone. We saw it on the play he got hurt against the Rams. He's he Carson Wentz wanted to win so much. This team needs to do everything that they can to go out and honor that because Carson Wentz would give this team everything and they need I was going to say I think Carson Wentz would die for this team. They need to be ready to go out and battle for him. It's going to take a lot of team effort. It's not going to be easy. It's probably not going to be enough against the elite teams in the NFL, which is why everyone and myself included or a lot of people at least are not optimistic about this team's chances because to win in the NFL, the reality is for the most part you have to have an elite quarterback. Or maybe you don't have to, but it sure makes things a lot easier. And the Eagles don't have that right now. They, It's not there for them. So it's coming down to running the ball, playing better defense. Again, this is going to be a huge test for Doug Peterson. I already think Doug Peterson is coach of the year, but if he can really get this team playing well down the stretch here against some of these bad teams and take care of business and get into the playoffs as that number one seed, to me, there's no doubt in my mind that he deserves the award. So if you're looking for silver linings in this super negative situation right now, it could be that we're going to get to see what Doug Peterson is really made of, and maybe he is this really, really good coach that he's shown to be this season. And maybe that's a great sign for the Eagles moving forward that they have this guy who can get the most out of his players even in a bad situation when a a player like Carson Wentz goes down. So that's one of the things I want to see here with this team moving forward, the way Doug Peterson, and he even said it, Doug Peterson said, you know, it's up to me to rally these guys, and that's his challenge. So we'll see if Doug can do that. Um, That's the second part of today's podcast. The first part was super negative and depressing, probably for a lot of you. That second part was my best attempt at looking forward and trying to be optimistic. Now, our third and final part, as always, every single week, comes from our good friend, that's Stephen Lee. And again, that's at Stephen underscore Lee 20 on Twitter with an under, uh, with a PH, that is, Stephen with a PH. So he has our three over and unders for today's daily podcast and number one starting us off with one that's already depressing me already over under one playoff win for this Eagles team does this Eagles team win more than a playoff game or fewer than one playoff game so do they win zero or do they win more I think this Eagles team can win a playoff game Because like I said, I think they get the number one seed. I think they'll be playing at home in the divisional round against, I don't know, maybe it's the Falcons. Maybe somehow the Packers sneak in, which would be horrifying. Um, Maybe it's the Seahawks, which again, that is not... I know some people are like, oh, we can beat the Seahawks in Philly. I mean, maybe, but I just don't feel great about that matchup. So... Maybe. I think the Eagles can win at least one playoff game, which is why Stephen Lee obviously said it at the over-under at that, because I think one is reasonable. But do the Eagles win more than one playoff game? I mean, I don't I don't have the confidence in them to 
to say yes right now. I don't. I think that's a. I think you get to the NFC Championship game. You're probably playing either the Vikings or I don't know who there, but that's going to be a very tough challenge. I I don't have the faith right now to take the Eagles to win more than one playoff game. Again, I tried to move on from the negativity, but that that brought it back out. So let's move on to Nick Foles. 250 passing yards over under against the New York Giants this week on Sunday. And without, I mean, this isn't even a hard one for me. It's over. I mean, I I don't even have the most confidence in Nick Foles, but this Giants team is terrible. They're awful. I was watching that game against the Cowboys, and I thought they're, they're playing a little bit tough at the beginning and things were ugly, but then the Cowboys just pulled away. And, and Dak Prescott, who still isn't good, by the way, and here's a perfect example of why. The Cowboys were the only team without a 300-yard passer in a single game this year. And Dak Prescott finally hit that threshold against the Giants, so it took him to week 15, but he was able to do it. And I think Nick Foles can have success against this Giants team. They're just they're so bad. Uh, the Giants are down to like eighth string cornerbacks. I think Landon Collins got hurt against Dallas, so I don't I didn't see anything if he's going to play or not this week. But I would think he might not. So that secondary is really um, not good right now, and that team as a whole is kind of just depleted and defeated. So I do not think. It should be hard for too too hard at least for for Nick Foles to get 250 passing yards. If he doesn't get 250 passing yards, I think it could be because somehow the Eagles blow the Giants out and maybe they pull him early and they put Nate Sudfeld in, which would be funny. But if the game goes normally, I think Nick Foles gets over 250 passing yards. So I am taking the over for that one on our second over and under. And now for our third over and under, third and final. 160 rushing yards for the Eagles against the Giants. And I will start off by saying this Giants defense is not only bad at defending the passer, they're also not good in run defense. We saw that earlier this season when the Eagles were really struggling struggling to run the ball in week one and week two, and then they got back on track against the Giants. I think the Eagles can run the ball against this Giants defense. I don't know if they get 160 um, it's a lot because I'm also taking them to get uh, over 250, but maybe it's just a big day. So I'll take the over on that as well because it's kind of a wishful thinking there where I'm hoping the Eagles do what I say and start running the ball a lot more. Give Jay Ajayi at least 20 carries a game. If LeGarrette Blunt is working, you can use them. If not, it has to be Ajayi. It has to be all Ajayi for the most part. I and mean, you can mix Corey Clement in here and there because it's not as simple as the Eagles. You can't just use the same running back in the sense that Jayajayi isn't necessarily the best in pass protection, and he hasn't been that great as a pass catcher. So those are some things you can't do and maybe some of the reasons you can't use him as much, and maybe that explains why the Eagles haven't used him as much. I mean, you need to be able to do things like catch the ball and be able to pass protect to earn that playing time. With that said, we still need to see Jay, more Jay Ajayi. And again, I'm fine with using LeGarrette Blunt if he's really getting things going. And he's had some games like that this year. He's had some good games. But if he's not, I mean, stop forcing the issue. The Eagles forced the issue with Blunt against the Rams. He was not effective. 
I think he had something like 12 yards on seven carries or or seven carries on 12 yards. I think it was seven carries on 12 – seven yards on 12 carries. It's one of those two. I can't remember. My brain is scrambled right now. But I do think the Eagles can get over 160 against this Giants team because the Giants are terrible. So – It'd be extremely disappointing if this Eagles team somehow lost to the Giants on Sunday, but I don't think they do. I think Nick Foles comes in. I think he does fine. Everyone will be like, and that's the thing, too. If Nick Foles does have a good game, everyone will be like, oh, you were all dumb for doubting Nick Foles. You had a good game. Yeah, against a terrible defense. I'm not surprised. So just keep that in mind that I said that if he plays well this weekend. Um, This has been afternoon QB with BLG right here on bgnradio.com and bleedinggreennation.com. Um, thank you, as always, for tuning in. I know this hasn't been the most enjoyable podcast. It's not the most enti- enjoyable time for Eagles fans and everything as a whole, despite the team being 11-2. and two, But we'll see how things go from here. We'll see. That's what I'll say. We shall see. So, again, thanks for tuning in. If you like this, If you like any of our stuff, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating and review if you've not already. We appreciate those. Um, You can follow BGN Radio on Twitter. That's at BGN underscore radio. We have some things coming up this week. John will get into those more, I'm sure, on... on, Well, he's not on the main pod. I forgot about that. Um, I don't know. I'm just rambling at this point, so... That's where we are, and I don't know how to end it, so I guess this is over. I will see you on the preview pod. Take it easy. Stretch your hand and I'ma chop it off. I dare you ask for a favor from your boss's boss. Shrimp, scampi, angel head noodles, white wine sauce. Rwanda and Ross, reload the Nina Ross. Settle metal when I'm focused on the green Dinero. Hocus Pocus, Gucci Lopez, cake with bacon soda. Cake for soldiers moving weight from Maine to Nova Scotia. Bang revolvers, problem solvers, that and pain the mothers. Lost a child, clips from play when they hear Belial. Nightmares, walking dead cause they sleep prepared. You either sheep or shed, be scared and cut to pieces. I lust for custom coops with the honey mustard features. Butterfly doors, a whore that makes wine or sober. Her beauty stunning, plus she funny, that's the proper order. Head nods and cat calls, cuz it's pops in order. Yeah, I'm stuntin' all the world is my stage show. Dallas streets cruising around about 4 a.m. Just that fly shit, type you never seen again. No meats, no leather, I'm just pimping a pen. We live that life that you're wishing against. More money, more power, more women and shit. It's me and now, motherfucker, who you think this is? Gia, Dallas streets cruising around about 4 a.m.